But this morning, let's just bow our heads and pray and, and ask God to do something in us as we hear the preached word today. So dear Heavenly Father, I just pray this morning for a, a, a deposit of faith to come into all of our hearts. I pray, Lord God, that the, whatever obstacles that are in the way of us hearing your word this morning will be taken down, will be broken, will be cast away. And I pray, Lord God, that we have open, fertile hearts that allow the Holy Spirit to move in power. And Lord, I pray that we'll see many, many people uh, living in freedom from today. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you have a Bible with you, you can turn to Matthew chapter 15. And uh, just keep your finger in there, but uh, the scriptures will come up on the screen. Um, <clears throat> I want to talk this morning about supernatural, um, and, and, and it's uh, faith uh, that wins the fight. So I'm talking about a supernatural world in which we live, a, a spiritual world in which we live, and how faith wins the fight. So Jesus is our author, the one we look to for, for direction in life. He's the author of the supernatural life. And we can experience that, we can connect with that, we can be part of that when we take steps and make decisions based on faith or based in faith. I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a moment because sometimes when, when I preach on faith, I get so excited, I talk about this faith, but I don't actually explain faith in what. It's not faith in faith, it's not a, just faith, I just have faith, it's just something that I have. It's, I'll, I'll explain it uh, as we go, but... but but ultimately, I want to encourage you to have faith in Jesus Christ and what he tells us in this, in his word. And so when we start to live our life and start to um, design our life around what Jesus says about us, it changes everything. Isn't that right? Yes, thank you. Dion, isn't that right? Yes, he, he, said, he said yes. But supernatural faith is beyond physical limitations and that's what wins the fight. It's faith that takes us beyond the physical. So when I talk about that physical, um, it's like what we already know, what we can feel, what we can touch, what we've experienced. Uh, and sometimes we go, well, I, I, my faith is limited because uh, of my experience. So you might think, well, I, I know I can't do certain things because I tried once before and it didn't work. Who's ever experienced that? We can, we can apply this to all, all parts of our life. But in Matthew 15... We're going to launch the, the message from this this morning. Matthew chapter 15, verses 29 to 31. Only three little verses, but are packed with power. So it says this. Jesus returned to the Sea of Galilee, and he climbed a hill and sat down. Can you read that okay? Yep, yeah, that's good. Um, a vast crowd brought to him people who were lame, blind, crippled, those who couldn't speak, and many others. They laid them before Jesus, and he healed them all. The crowd was amazed. Those who hadn't been able to speak was, were talking. The crippled were made well. The lame were walking. And the blind could see again. And they praised the God of Israel. Now, I want to just give you something this morning. If you're taking notes, make sure you get this one down. Jesus has no problem with any problem. As you can see up there, there's a whole lot of problems. But Jesus has no problem with any problem. You need to know that Jesus has no problem with your problem. And sometimes we live, I'm talking to the church this morning, not to the unsaved, to the church here today, is we live going through life sometimes thinking, well, um, my problem is too big for God. My problem is too big for Jesus. The issues I face, no one else has ever faced before, only me. 
But I want to tell you something today, whatever it is that you face, whatever those, those things are that, that want to set themselves up as barriers between you and walking the life that God has planned for you can be dealt with by Jesus. He's not worried by them. He's not scared by them. So some of us live trying to hide the real issues of life. Uh, maybe we aren't physically impaired. As we saw in, these, in that verse in there in Matthew, people who are physically impaired. But we can be spiritually impaired in ways that block our ability to think and live and act in the supernatural. You are born again. If you've been born again here today, you've had that, that moment where you've asked Jesus to come into your life and you've had that life transformation. Then you are born again to live supernaturally. <clears throat> to step outside of the natural world in this world but live with a supernatural perspective. I want to just throw this one in as well. So that means that we don't live just for now. We live for eternity. And we should not be fearful or or worried about death. We should be saying, well, you know what? That's just the beginning of a new stage of living. That's why we believe in eternity. So we're not living just with the constraints of what we know physically, naturally. But we want to be engaged in now for the supernatural. So I want to encourage you today, don't limit your potential in life by focusing on a natural-only perspective. You want to have a supernatural perspective. So let's take a closer look at what happened in these three verses. Um, The first thing I want you to notice, it says Jesus sat down. Jesus sat down. He sat down with people. And and, uh, every time we come together like this in church... Jesus is here. He's sitting down, so to speak. He's here in our, in our worship time. He's here in our prayer time. He's here in our, in our preaching time. Jesus wants to sit down with us and have a time of relationship and friendship with us. Maybe <clears throat> it says there was a vast crowd. And Jesus isn't intimidated by lots of people. I believe that church should be full. I think wherever Jesus is, you should see a crowd of people. Wherever Jesus is, you should see that people want to be there. And that's the motivation. Why should I go to church? Some people say that. A lot of Christians say that. Why should I go to church? Because Jesus is there. That's where Jesus sits. It's not the only place, but it's a great place. Because Jesus wants to be where his people are. So it says a vast crowd. Jesus isn't intimidated by lots of people and nor should we. Jesus isn't intimidated by lots of people with lots of problems. So you know what the messy of the church is with people problems? That's okay because Jesus isn't phased. He wants, to, he wants to adjust. He wants to help. <coughs> he wants to heal. And that's cool. That's cool with me. So Jesus heals people physically in this verse. And he heals people spiritually and emotionally as well. And today we're going to look at different aspects of that. But it, it says they brought people to him. I want to encourage you, never get tired of bringing people to Jesus. Never get tired of bringing people to Jesus because that vast crowd of people, maybe there was 50% who came because they heard and believed in Jesus and the other 50%, I'm not too sure, maybe they were the ones who got brought. Wouldn't that be a great, um, a, a, a great way to have church? So there's always in the crowd so many people who have been brought because their friends know if they only could get in the presence of Jesus, if only they could sit where Jesus is sitting, I know it could change their future, it could change their family, it could change everything. It says they brought people to him. Bring people, bringing people unleashes faith. 
here's a, a good little thing I've, I've been seeing in my mind. Let faith off the leash and see what God can do. Because, you know, so often in our, in our lives, in our Christianese little happy world, is we, we want to live where it's safe. And many, many years ago, I remember getting a revelation, going to a conference, and, and God gave me a revelation personally for me, and also I think it was for our church, is we've got to go from safe to faith. Because playing it safe isn't where God wants us to live. And sometimes we're playing it safe and we think, what if we ask someone to come to church? They might reject us. They might think I'm crazy. They might think all sorts of things about me. They might talk about me. But we've got to go from living safe in those environments and stepping out in faith because we just never know the person who might say, yes, I'm really waiting for someone to invite me. Because we've got to realize church can be a scary environment. Anywhere where there's strange people can be a scary environment. Who knows that? And we need to make every way possible. And by inviting people, we, we unleash faith for them and it unleashes something in us as well. Unleash faith. I just see, uh, as I was thinking of that, I had a great picture in my mind of unleashed faith in the church and in our lives. <clears throat> Jesus healed all these people supernaturally because they had unleashed faith. And he still does that today. I want us to just take a moment. These people, they had, um, pardon me, impaired bodies. But Jesus healed all of those impairments. We're going to change it up a bit this morning, change my message a little bit. But we have sick, impaired bodies. Who's ever had a sick and impaired body? I know it's happened to probably all of us. But worse than that is if we have impaired faith. Where we're trying to live this spiritual life, we're trying to follow Jesus, trying to be disciples, but somehow it's like we're always limping, we're always tripping, we're always, we're always impaired or we can't see, we can't hear, uh, all these things that we have as, at a spiritual level. <clears throat> I want us to believe Jesus, that he wants to take us into a supernatural faith. Uh, faith in Jesus believes, listens, follows, and takes us beyond the normal. Beyond the normal. So we, we often get caught in life uh, focused on the normal. But God wants to take you beyond the normal into the supernatural. <clears throat> I got one clap. That was good. <clears throat> in that scripture there, Matthew, it's still up there. That's good. There's, a, there's supernatural conditions that we see that I believe are metaphorical for our spiritual condition. I want to go through those with you this morning. Jesus wants us to deal with these so that we can live powerfully in the supernatural. And we don't get into the fullness of that until we're able to deal with those things. By the way, I just remembered, great to have Rosie and Gabriel back. Sorry, I didn't forget. <clears throat> Commercial break, welcome back. They've been at uh, Harvest School and done a great job, so now they're going to come and help gather the harvest here. I'm sure that is why they did it. So that's fantastic to have them back. Also, it's Josh's birthday today. He's 54 today. If anyone else had their birthday this week, I can't remember. Who else? Chloe, that's right. Chloe is turned 21. Where's Chloe? Oh, she's with, she's there somewhere? No? She's gone out to, to one heart. Oh, no, she's there. Okay. Leah, you had a birthday too. All right, commercial's over. If you've missed out now, bad luck. <clears throat> Spiritual conditions that, God, that, that Jesus wants us to deal with so that we can live, so that he can move through us with unhindered 
authority. The first one we see there in, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 29, it says, it talks about the lame. Those who are lame. Now, I'm not, dis- I'm not discounting the, the physical elements that Jesus dealt with, but I also want us to see that he wants to deal with us at a spiritual level as Christians so that we aren't hindered, so that we aren't living with, with issues that we never get over. So lameness, it indicates those who live with excuses why they can't and why they don't. You ever heard the saying, oh, that's a lame excuse? So here... Jesus identifies that there was people in the crowd that were physically lame and I believe there's people within, within a spiritual journey with God and they're living at this lame level. Oh, I can't. Oh, I don't. I'll never. They're lame excuses. And so I want us to be challenged in our, in our spiritual walk that we need to get past the lameness and start agreeing with the purpose and plan that God has for our life and step into that. Number two, blind. So uh, this, this is uh, an indicator of those with no vision or very little spiritual awareness. The awareness is impaired. It's like I don't really know what God's doing in my life. I don't really know what God would want me to do in any situation because I'm blind, I can't see it. There's a couple of things that, that go with that. Um, th- th- their awareness is impaired. Their perspectives are, are, are wrong. <clears throat> they stumble over everything. This is, a, this is a really important key about spiritual blindness. They hurt easily and they hurt often. Because when you're blind, you just bang into everything. You're just like, I didn't see the wall. I didn't see the box. I didn't see the car. I didn't see the motorbike. I didn't see the bridge. I didn't see the cliff. So you hurt often and you hurt easily. And you're thinking, wow, this church is so bad for me. This church is so bad. The pastor doesn't love me. There's no one who understands me. You know what? Don't worry about focusing on all those periphery things. Say, Jesus, give me vision. Give me eyesight. Help me to see in the spirit so I understand exactly where you want me to be and what you want me to do. Does that make sense? Third one, crippled. You might think crippled and lame similar, but they're not. It indicates those who are trapped in past hurt and or past glory. Easily, both ways can stop you in your tracks. So, you know, you, you get hurt, you know, some, something didn't work out, you got burnt, maybe emotionally, you got burnt um, uh, financially. Maybe you trusted people and they, they did the wrong thing for you. So you got a hurt. So you became crippled and you couldn't walk past that point in your life. The other the other extreme of that is you saw a great season of, of God's goodness. You had a great ministry. You had a great business. You had a great family. Everything was perfect. And you're always looking back at that time in your life going, oh, I wish I could go back. Oh, I wish I could go back there. I'll never forget the time with Carmel when, when she was a little girl. We used to take our dogs for a walk in the paddocks near where we lived. And um, uh, you know, we'd take them for, for a run around. And Carmel says to me one day, hey, Dad, these are the good old days, aren't they? And I'm thinking, yeah, they probably are. But you know what? You should be living the good old days now. Make the day you are the good old day. Make, it, make where you are what you have the good old days. <clears throat> so don't, make, don't, don't stand in past glories thinking, but the songs we used to sing, the preachers we used to have, the, 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 the teaching that, that we used to have or, the, or the, the conditions that we had were so amazingly good. 
that will cripple you just as much as, as hurts and other things. So we need to say, Jesus, if we've seen you good in the past, I believe in faith for the future, supernatural faith that things are going to be better, that things are going to be more sweeter, more productive in the future. Number, number four, it talks about those who couldn't speak. This, this indicates to me those who are gagged into silence, who want to speak but are intimidated into saying nothing. There's so many people who are intimidated by the devil into saying nothing when they should be saying something. Now, sometimes we're saying too many things and we're saying the wrong things, but we need to be open to God to say, Lord, will you tell me when to speak? Tell me what to speak. I want to be open to you. I don't want to be silent when I need to be speaking up. So there are four conditions that we see, spiritual conditions that Jesus wants to help us with this morning. It says there in Matthew 15, they laid them, the blind, the crippled, those who couldn't speak at Jesus' feet, and he healed them all. He healed them all. It's not what you, uh, you know, sometimes I want to, I want to deal with things in my life, but I don't know how. So in people today, we ha- you've had your faith impaired. You've, you've lived with some of these things and you've just thought, you've just got comfortable with that. You've thought that was just normal. This is the way it was always going to be. But it's not what you want. It's not what you ask for. And Jesus wants to heal that stuff and lift you out of that and take you on a great journey and a great future. We've got to learn to unleash our faith. Unleash faith. Don't keep it tied where, where you just want to stay safe, where you just want to keep the money that you have right now in the bank, where you just want to keep your gift just nice and safe where, where no one can see it. You want to, you want to like let those things out. Unleash them. Give them to God to use because that will bring a new level of supernatural faith into your experience. I want to show you or introduce you to a man called Gideon in the Bible. Who's ever heard of Gideon? He was a man of impaired faith. Did you know that? We always preach of Gideon. Because I, I, I know that I'm the person who always finds the negative first. I, I, I have, a, I have a, a missile within me that will find the negative first. It's a heat-seeking missile for negativity. But we all, we all know the story of Gideon, a great man of faith. But he started... As a man with impaired faith, just like some of us here today, yet God called him to a duty, to a supernatural victory, and to a great destiny with the plans and purpose that God had. Judges 6, if you have your Bibles, turn to Judges 6, verses 12 to 13. It says, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Now, if that was you, you're at work one day, fixing a car, doing the garden or whatever you're doing, and suddenly an angel stands before you and says, mighty man, you think that's enough for me. I'm going to believe that. This is what Gideon says because he has impaired faith. He says, sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles that our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites, or handed us over to the, to the enemy, handed us over to the devil, is pretty much what he's saying. But God speaks to Gideon, and Gideon responded with impaired faith. 
And I want to just ask you this morning, how many times does God have to speak to us and our response is impaired? Our response is blind. Our response is crippled. Our response is lame. Our response is deaf. See, I want you to see the stories in the Bible of people who are just like us, who somewhere grasp a hold of this supernatural thing called faith in Jesus and it's changed everything. His question is, why has this all happened to us? Maybe you, you're sitting here this morning and thinking, well, that's all very nice for you, but why has this happened to me, God? Why has this happened to me? Why is my life surrounded with these issues and problems? I didn't ask for it. I don't know why it's there, but I'm stuck with this stuff. You know something I want to tell you today? Start to unchain that chain around faith's neck. Start to unchain that chain. Start to unlock the padlocks. Start to to shake the cage. Start to say, I want to let faith into this. I want to let faith out. It says for seven years in Gideon's day, for seven years, their crops were stolen. Their crops were destroyed. It says all their livestock, their donkeys, their camels, their their sheep and their oxen were stolen. And it says they were reduced to starvation because the enemy hordes flooded the land. They flooded the land and took everything they wanted. But look what happens next. We'll keep reading. Judges chapter 6 verse 33. Soon afterward, the armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east formed an alliance against Israel and crossed the Jordan, camping in the valley of Jezreel. Now here, Gideon has just had an angel come and say, hey, mighty warrior, great man of God, I'm going to do something, you know, I'm going to use you to, to save Israel from these enemies, from the devil. And you think, wow, that's awesome. I would be thinking the next thing I want to see is armies of angels coming down. Next thing I want to see is is, uh, some miraculous change in the circumstances surrounding the nation. But it actually says there's a huge new alliance of enemies ganging up to take you down, to destroy you. So things got even worse. There's an alliance of kings out to destroy Gideon and his people. So before he even has a chance to think, the enemy's already there. Notice these, it says these enemies crossed the Jordan. That's a declaration of war right there. That's a declaration of war against Gideon, and they're already at the gate. It's like hearing a rumor, but by the time you're trying to work out, is this just a rumor? It's like it's already there. The reality is in your face. And there are times in life that seem just like that. We, we think sometimes, well, I've got a problem and, and, and it can seem like the problem is just compounding. It's like I've got a prophecy and I, and I could see a, 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 a slither of light. I could see that God was with me. And then I went home and suddenly all these extra things that I never even thought of were there for me to deal with and I wasn't ready for it. There are times in life just like that. And it's like having the enemy on your doorstep before you even had a chance to think about it. And I want to tell you, some, sometimes we've got to realize that when, the, when God meets with us, when God begins to stir things in our life, when God begins to uh, put his finger on you as a person, on us as a church, it'll seem like suddenly out of nowhere, the enemy's knocking on our door saying, hang on a minute. We're not going to let you achieve that. We're going to stand in your way. <clears throat> this is where Gideon had a choice. 
And this is what I want you to see this morning. You have a choice. Gideon had a choice to either keep living with, with impaired faith or to stop, step out into supernatural bold living, into supernatural faith. So Gideon stepped out of his impaired faith and stepped into his destiny. He stepped past his limitations. He stepped past his experience. He stepped past the thought, well, I thought things were bad. I knew things were bad. I've been hungry all week. I've, I've had my crop stolen too. He's thinking of all these things. And yet he goes, I'm going to step past my experience. I'm going to believe what God says, even when the enemy seems to be worse than ever. It says in Judges 6 verse 34, then the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power in the New Living Translation. He blew a ram's horn, a shofar. Who's ever seen people with a big shofar, like a great big ram's horn? It was a call to war. In ancient Israel, that was a call to war. If you heard the ram's horn, it means get your sword, get your spear, get your shield. We're going to war. We're going to war against the enemies of God. So the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power. I want to tell you something you need to desire. Go after the Spirit of God. It's a Holy Spirit. We need, to, we need to have those encounters with Him where we say, Jesus, I know you're real. I want to encourage you to, to uh, step into new levels of worship because it is a great field where the Spirit can meet with you and deal with you and, and develop you. You know, something's really scary when you see people who've been in, in church for, for, for a long, long, long time and they haven't found that way of releasing their spirit to Jesus in, in a sense of, I just want to worship you. I just want to encounter you. And you know something, if we, the, the Word of God says that if we, if we draw close to Him, He will draw close to us. We're waiting for God to draw close and then we're going to say, oh, now I'll lift my hands. So, so raising your hands in worship, as you would have seen people do here this morning, that's a step of faith. That's an action of faith saying, Jesus, I'm drawing close to you. I'm reaching my hands to you. That's why we do this sort of stuff. It's, it's, it's symbolic, but it's actually powerful. So I want to encourage you, if you've never done it before, just start down here where no one will notice. No one will watch. If you do the old four-year-old trick, close your eyes and no one can see you anyway. And just, just lift it higher and higher. I don't want to, I don't want to appear to be you know, knock, knocking people this morning, but I want to encourage you. Let the Holy Spirit into those parts of your life and, and you can trust Jesus if you, if you draw close to him. If you're saying, Jesus, see my hand, that, that's my, my way of saying, I, I want you closer. I want to get closer. And the promise is, it says, if you draw close to God, he will draw close to you. So these are just ideas that you might be able to, to apply today. Okay, go back to Judges chapter 6, 34. The Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with power. He blew a ram's horn as a call to arms, and the men of the clan of Abiezer came to him. Verse 35 says, He also sent messages throughout Manasseh, Asher, Zebulun, these are tribes of Israel, and, and Naphtali, summoning their warriors. And I love this last little statement, and all of them responded. So fast forward. The story ends with a great victory for Gideon and his army. But it started when Gideon responded to God with impaired faith, 
with his doubts about God, but it ends a God-given great victory because Gideon transferred his impaired faith for a perfect faith. And I want to put it to you this morning, you might have experience that, that tells you you've got good reason to have an impaired faith, but you've got to shake that off and shrug that off and start grabbing hold of, of faith in a new level. So God seeks a Gideon-hearted people who inspire supernatural faith in others. See, that's what, what amazed me. Gideon had the call of God. Gideon blew the trumpet. Gideon sent messengers to the others, and they all responded. So when we get our faith on, we get a Holy Spirit power on us and in us, and it blasts out our impaired faith, and we become an army of the Lord. So the early Christians saw Jesus do great things. We read the stories of, of the early church in the, in the books of uh, what Jesus did and, and the book of Acts and Romans and Corinthians and all those, the books of the New Testament. But the early Christians saw Jesus do great things. They also endured great persecution. They also endured hostility and, and they suffered as the enemy tried to shut them down. So when the early church was, was birthed, it was like almost straight away, the devil thought, I'm going to have to destroy them. I have to kill them. I have to torture them. I have to stop this thing spreading. So they saw, great, saw Jesus do great things, and they also suffered great persecution. And they would, have had, sorry, they would have had plenty of reason to be of impaired faith. They would have had great reasons to be of impaired faith. Think of Peter. Think of Paul. Think of Peter and Paul, both of them apostles, both of them great men of God, imprisoned, tortured, uh, whipped, um, uh, you know, given a, a, a very hard life. And I know if I was in their shoes, I would have said, you know what, that's enough for me, that's impaired my faith. I'm not going to preach anymore. I'm not going to tell people about the love of Jesus anymore. There's plenty of opportunity. The whole church of that era had plenty of reasons to have impaired faith. But it's not what we see. It's not what we see in the Bible. It's not, there, there were people with a, with a supernatural power of God faith that propelled, you know, propelled the message all the way to us today because they weren't going to live at the level of their experience or the level of their, of their hurt or discomfort, the, the places that could have impaired their faith. They set themselves to serve Jesus no matter the cost. <clears throat> Acts chapter 12, verses 1 to 5. I'm going to read it out to you. It says, About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the apostle James, John's brother, killed with a sword. You know, if you're in, if you're in, in James's church right there, you'd be, you'd be thinking, hey, that's enough to impair our faith. That's enough to help us to, to, to walk away from this thing called God. He also had, uh, had the Apostle James' brother uh, killed with a sword. And when Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. It says this took place during the Passover celebration. And then he imprisoned him. He placed him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. Verse, verse 5 says... But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. I'll tell you what, I don't know uh, 
what things are really important in church that much. But one thing I know without a doubt is prayer is one of the most important functions we have as a church. Because prayer changes everything. Prayer changes our impaired faith and says we're going to believe God for pure faith. Prayer changes everything. I don't ever want to be in a church that doesn't pray, that doesn't bring our our issues to God, even if we feel impaired, even if we feel broken. We've got to keep praying. We've got to keep believing because prayer is another way in which we unleash faith. We unleash faith by praying even things we think, I don't, I don't know how God could answer this. I don't know how this could happen. But faith says I'm going to bring it to God anyway. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask God to help me through. <clears throat> so Peter is in prison, but the church prayed. It says earnestly for him. I don't ever, again, when it comes to prayer, prayer is not a department in the church. When we say, oh, we, we get the prayer the prayer warriors over there, this department, they're the ones who do the praying. No, prayer is an is a inescapable function of the church. And when the church gathers for prayer, that's powerful. Every year in January, we, we have a special week of prayer and fasting. Now, you don't have to fast, you don't have to pray. But you know something? We, we uh, have an opportunity in that season to be praying and fasting together and believing God that we, we might come into that season going, well, you know, our faith is impaired. Some things didn't go right last year. Some things didn't really work out how we thought. But you know what we're going? We're, we're going past our impairments and we're stepping into the purity of our faith. The church was praying earnestly for him. And this day, the church stepped up just like Gideon did. The church stepped out and believed. They believed with bold faith. They prayed supernatural faith. That prayer moved the hand of God. That prayer moved the hand of God into that prison cell. It says this in Acts chapter 12. It says, suddenly, it reads this, suddenly a bright light filled the cell. Could you imagine this dirt, I mean this, this cold stone prison with iron bars. It's dark, it's dingy, it's, it's also the middle of the night. It says suddenly, then there's a group of people praying in the middle of the night. Now, who, who knows? Sometimes you think, well, is it time to stop? We've already, they've already, already been praying probably a few days. But they're just earnestly praying, God, we're just praying for a breakthrough. We're praying for a miracle, Lord. We're praying for Peter right now while he's in that prison cell. Preserve his life. May he be set free. They're praying all these prayers. They're stepping out of, their, out of, out of where they've known into something new. And suddenly a bright light fills the cell. The cockroaches and rats don't know what's hit them. They're all like scattering everywhere. They're looking for somewhere to hide. It goes on, it says the chains, the chains fell off his wrists. The prison gates opened. Next thing, Peter finds himself free in the middle of the night on the street. He's suddenly free. He thinks he's dreaming. But he was free because of faith-filled prayer. Supernatural prayer unleashed faith and they won the fight. And they won the fight. I think that's just so incredible. In John chapter 14, verse 1, 
Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. I want to encourage you today to, to step into a trust in Jesus that wins the fight. A trust in Jesus that, that deals with your impairment. A trust in Jesus that shakes off the, 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 the chains, the, 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 that opens the gates. God is not intimidated by your problems. God is not intimidated or worried about things that surround us. He is able and willing to break those things off, to shake those things off. Would you just stand with me this morning together as a church? I want to pray a faith declaration over us this morning. I want to pray a faith declaration over you today. And I don't want to, again, I really don't want to dismiss the, the actual physical things that Jesus wants to deal with and Jesus can deal with. So if we have uh, weaknesses and, and impairments in our body, I want to believe and trust in faith that God is able to touch us at those points of need. But I also know just as much God wants to take us as a church on a journey beyond our limitations, beyond our experiences, beyond our impairments, where we've allowed wrong thinking to condition us and control our spiritual experience. Who wants to go on that journey into the freedom that Jesus has planned? So just as I pray, perhaps we could just raise our hands right across this place. As a sign of faith, as a sign of trust, Jesus, include me today in this prayer. I put away every excuse right now. In the name of Jesus, I put away every excuse over this place. Right now I say, God, give me vision. Pour out supernatural vision, eyes to see what can only be seen in the spiritual, things that perceive what we can't see. I pray right now in, into past hurt or past glory, Lord, that we may be set free from the past, from the things that have, have limited us and that we can step into the future so that we can believe for the future is going to be better than the past, whether it was good or bad. And I pray that we begin to hear the voice of Jesus. We're going to have the deafness taken out of us. We're going to have those things that have stopped our ability to hear the voice of God, the quiet voice of Jesus. And when we can hear God, we can speak. We can speak God's word into every situation because we know what God's speaking to us. Last thing I'm going to pray for is, Lord, use me. As a declaration, we're going to say, Lord, use me. Use my life. I want to be a Gideon-hearted person. Let me live with supernatural faith. If you believe that this morning, why don't you give the Lord a hand? And I know we're going to hear testimonies and stories of the great things God has done. God bless your church. Can you sing that song for us?